Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. This is daily inventory, quiet meditation with coming to help get closer to the God of your understanding or your higher power, whatever you look to that is larger than we are that helped us get sober this is something that you don't have to do at night this daily inventory you can do as it says in the title daily during the day so maybe it's a morning thing maybe it's a midday thing because as joe and charlie will mention you cannot go and say i'm going to make this list of changes and then go to bed let's hear what they have to say about this step in our daily inventory about prayer and meditation and I don't have to look to someone else to find out how to do this I used to think you had to sit in a certain position or lay in a certain position or whatever I can pray and meditate anytime anywhere and I do that constantly prayer is simply that I'm talking to God meditation just simply means that I'm listening and for all these resentments and fears and angers and hurts and Guilt, shame, and remorse is blocking me from talking and listening to God. See, I'm blocked off from the sunlight of the Spirit. I'm blocked off from the real growth in Alcoholics Anonymous in Step 11. You know, I, when I come into Alcoholics Anonymous and way before, I used to hear these old songs about <clears throat> that I heard down in the South, and I didn't even know what they meant. I really didn't know what they meant. And there was one, finally, that I used to love, and I heard it, and it's called In the Garden. Do you all know that song? And I did not know that that song was about prayer and meditation. It's real simply, you know, we come to the garden alone. That just means me and God. And when is the time to do that? Well, in the morning. While the dew's still on the roses. Why? Because he walks with me and talks with me. See, I didn't know what those things meant prior to Alcoholics Anonymous. Today I can hear those songs and I say, I know what that means. Now, where did that come from? didn't come from me it has to come from God heard one here a while back it said it's no secret what God can do and I thought yeah all I got to do is look at you and look at me there's no secret but we wouldn't be here see I know what those things mean today as a result of these steps and as a result of this prayer and meditation and these little suggestions that Bill is going to give to us to do for instance let's look at these suggestions very briefly now First one is when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? If we kept something to ourselves, etc., etc., etc. He suggests here, when we retire at night, we run a little inventory to see what's been going on, going on during the day. Now you can use any kind of inventory sheet you would like. You use these questions in the book, or we made one up, where we took all the character defects out of the big book and all those out of 12 and 12, put them on one side of the sheet, and we call them the personality characteristics of a self-willed human being. And on the other side, we found the opposite and called that the character personality characteristics of a God-willed human being. And all we're trying to do is get from one side of the sheet to the other. It takes me two or three minutes at night to run down that little sheet, put a few check marks in it, 
and see where I've been today. It shows me what I need to continue to work on. Very seldom do I ever find myself. Never have I found myself completely on either side. And very seldom is it the same. On a daily basis, those things changes. So what it does do is show me what I need to continue to work on, and with God's help, I can change that situation. It takes two or three minutes at night to do this. It doesn't take hardly any time at all, if I'm willing to do so. There's an old philosopher named Carl Sandburg. And Carl said, when a society gets lost, it's because they forgot where they came from. And the same thing applies to a, to a personality or a human being. If I get lost in the future, it's going to be because I forgot where I came from in the past. If I forget where I came from in the past, I forget where I am, and I don't know where I'm heading in the future. This little daily inventory keeps me aware of what I need to continue to work on. Now, I found out in my own personal life, I am going to inventory. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I can do it in one or two ways. I can put it off and put it off and put it off. Let this stuff build up and build up and build up until I'm so sick that I'm just about to get drunk. And then I can inventory and dig myself out of that mess if I'm lucky. Or I can do it on a daily basis. Keep myself pretty even. And I found that it takes much less time to do it on a daily basis much less energy, plus I'm probably not going to end up with a chance of getting drunk. But I've found that I will inventory one way or the other. The daily basis is the easiest way for me to do it. He suggests we do this at night. Then he suggests on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, self-seeking motives. I think what he's saying to us today or right now is when we get up in the morning, before we start our day, let's take a few minutes. Let's kind of relax with God. Let's ask God to direct our thinking for the day. Let's ask God to help us make the proper decisions. Let's ask God to help us see that those things are divorced from selfish and self-seeking motives. It seems as though when we start the day with two or three minutes with God, that the rest of the day is pretty good. And I found out I'm going to do that in the morning, or I'm going to wait till the middle of the day when I'm screwed up, and then I'm going to have to turn around and go back and ask him anyhow. So I might as well start doing it in the morning. It only takes about three or four minutes at night. So let's say five minutes at night and five minutes in the morning. That's not very much time. I've still got 23 hours and 50 minutes to screw the rest of the day up. With God's help, I'm in much less chance of doing things that I shouldn't be doing. A good friend of mine up in Canada, he says, you look real good on the outside today. How are you really on the inside? And how much time do I spend getting looking good on the outside, combing my hair, brushing my teeth, taking a shower, and shaving? I can take just two or three minutes to get right on the inside in the morning, early before I've messed up the day, if I will. This just takes two or three minutes. It doesn't take long. If you and I spend a, a third of the time on our minds as we do on our bodies and our automobiles and our houses, my God, what, what, what a great life we could have. 
I think we actually waste about 90% of the good parts of life because we don't take the time to work on our minds so we can be sure and have these good things of life. If I spent a third of the time on my mind that I do on my body, I'd be a lot better off. There's no doubt about that at all because my mind's what runs the whole thing. This is the way we do this. Page 86, last paragraph. I'm thinking about the day we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. Usually when I faced indecision before, I just kept bullying right on through it, whatever it was, until I became so frustrated I couldn't do anything, period. The book said, let's don't do that anymore. It says when we face indecision, let's ask God for the right thought or action. Let's relax and take it easy. Now, I don't think it means let's lay down on the floor or anything like that. I think what it means is let's put that out of our mind. Let's ask God for the right thought or action. Put that out of our mind. How do I put it out of my mind? I go do something else. When I'm struggling with it, I can't do anything. But I can go out there and start mowing the grass. I can go wash the dishes. I can paint the house. And that leaves my mind, and my mind works on something else. And after a while, I'm absolutely amazed how the right answer comes. Two or three hours later, my mind might say, Well, Charlie, why don't you call Joe and see what Joe thinks about that? No, I didn't think about that before. I call Joe. Joe has the right answer bang just like that. And used to, I'd say, My, wasn't it lucky I decided to call Joe. Life doesn't have anything to do with it. Sometimes these things I struggle with when I turn them over to God. Sometimes I get the answer directly in my mind. At other times I get the answer through you. You might tell me tomorrow what I'm struggling with today. You might give me the answer tomorrow, providing I'm listening for it. Used to, I couldn't listen for it. Used to, when you were talking, I was too busy thinking about what I'm going to say when you get through talking for me to hear what you're saying. Today, I've learned not to do that because what you're saying might be the answer for what I was struggling with yesterday. And I'm surprised where these answers come from. You can't explain this. You can only try it and practice it, and over a period of time, you're absolutely amazed at how you begin to receive the right thought the right action, the right decisions. It really does work if we're willing to try. Page 87, second paragraph. Here he tells us how to pray. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. That we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful never to make... <clears throat> are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. When I grew up and they taught me how to pray, they said, ask for whatever you want. And I always use prayer as a list to Santa Claus. I always said, God, give me this, God, give me that, God, do this, God, do that, God. You know, I, I don't think God's really interested in what I want. I think what God is interested in is what I need. 
I don't know what I need. I used to think I did, and I got what I needed, and I damn destroyed me doing it. Today, I don't know what I need. God knows what I need. And all I need to ask God is to give me those things that I need, not necessarily what I want. I used to bargain with God. God, if you'll do this for me, I'll do that for you. Well, today I realize God don't need to bargain with me. Hell, He's got the stick. He'll, he'll have to bargain with me at all. The only thing I need in my life is knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out. If I had made a list 23 years ago of what I felt I needed and wanted, presented to the God and said, God, give me that and don't you'll never have to give me anything else, I would have cheated myself. God has given me so much more in the last 23 years than I ever thought possible simply by me being willing to do His will and Him giving me the power to carry those things out. Very simple prayers, not asking for myself, but asking how I can be used to help other people. I really think that's God's will for the human race in Him. He always said, if you want to be happy, you only got to do two things. He said, put no other gods before me. That could be money, power, prestige, sex, or anything else. And then he said, do what you can for your fellow man and you'll be happy. And I think that's really all we need to do today. Put no other gods before him. Do what we can for our fellow man. He will supply us with whatever we need. And invariably, it turns out that it's what I wanted in the first place. So, this week's episode really had me at sixes and sevens, as my grandmother used to say. Normally, I can just kind of run through the episode one or two times. I can put my notes together. But really, this one hit me. The daily reprieve, the daily inventory uh, have been kind of on my mind the last few weeks. That as long as I don't pay attention, I'm just kind of floating through my day. Yeah, I'm doing my inventory. Sure, I've got my daily reprieve. But if I don't pay attention, if I don't listen, if I don't talk, I really enjoyed the quote in there from uh, Joe who said, prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. If I don't have that conversation, if I don't make time to do those things, then as Charlie then said, I lose touch. And when I lose touch, I lose faith. And when I lose faith, I lose my sobriety. Because it all depends on making sure that I remember that I'm not in this alone and I'm not the sole driver of my will and life. That there is someone else helping make sure that I get to where I'm supposed to go. Not always where I want to go, but where I'm supposed to go. And that is helped and pushed along and accomplished by doing my daily inventory and quiet meditation with a God of my understanding daily. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive Joe and Charlie podcast.